there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. Welcome back to another show, everyone. I want to start off this show by saying that we are on the heels of the WGA winning their uh, strike. They got a new contract. That's super cool. Uh, Just waiting for SAG-AFTRA and the Actors Guild to get their fair share. Emilio, how do you feel about that in general? Um, I feel great. I read some of the things that were in the new contract, which I think is really great and helpful for writers, at least. Definitely, like, the fear of AI was, like, a big thing, and a lot of things do give them protection, as well as uh, writers that fill in, just writers in general, which I think is really great. Um. I do wonder how the SAG-AFTRA is going to be because I did hear there's like a lot of already cases of background actors having their faces taken by AI right? and they're already being used. So I don't know exactly how, like if they're going to be receiving um, compensation or anything like that, obviously they should. And a lot of uh, stuff was coming out that even huge big name actors don't get residuals from um, streaming shows, which I think would help maybe not bigger actors, but obviously up and coming actors since there's so much content on, on streaming services. But I think it's a really big win and a lot of people really stuck it out. And a lot of them did put their finances at risk and uh, yeah, I'm just glad now. Hopefully there's a huge explosion of like good, writing and good film after this because i'm definitely getting marvel fatigue (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's really cool i i want to make no mistake that the listeners know that we i i I know we're speaking for both of us when i say that (laughs) uh, we both support the union and uh it's awesome that the writers finally got their fair share and uh, hopefully the actors are next um Mm -hmm. speaking of unions Another strong union is teachers' unions, and today we're tackling a movie about a teacher. Uh, it's called Half Nelson, released in 2006. Um, I wanted to start off this episode with asking you, Emilio, uh, who are some of your favorite teachers? I wouldn't say I have like favorites. I do have teachers that stick out uh, for me. Um, one was like my Spanish teacher in high school. Um. Are we name dropping in here? I don't know. I don't know if we should. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> it's okay. Just so we don't dox ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one of my uh, high school Spanish teachers, um, also my drama teacher in element, uh, no, in, uh, intermediate school drama. Te- my drama teacher in high school. Um, another teacher that was teaching English in high school um a lot of uh, mentors that I met 
in acting for sure. Like all my, all the programs that I took, um, um, even like guest, uh, people that came in to cover like one, uh, semester in college. Um, those are teachers that I definitely remember cause they, they kind of do, or I mean, at least they did really like put me through the ringer, I guess, and becoming a better, um, actor and also understanding myself along the way. Yeah, definitely. When I think of some of my favorite teachers, I think about teachers that made me reflect on my life and also made me realize that like the world is bigger than what it actually is. Um, so I think about my teachers in high school a lot, but I also had great teachers in elementary school and in middle school. Um, I know that you wanted to ask me a question, so and I asked you to wait for the show because I want to be shocked and surprised by it. So what was your question? Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. It's nothing bad. So okay. in the film, um, Ryan Gosling is a teacher who is kind of um, on a low in his life. He does engage in a lot of drug use and he does drink a lot and but he always talks about um trying to like reach kids and um trying to be a great teacher so that these kids can become great and as somebody who i guess is struggling with themselves internally it is kind of hard to be a good mentor and what i want to ask you is how do you feel is the best way to reach students? And if you ever feel like that kind of inadequacy, like, oh, like maybe I don't know what I'm doing or um, maybe like, oh, maybe I should approach this this way. How do you, how do you like connect with your students? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic question. Um, I think I can get really burnt out at times, especially with teaching. Uh, I just try to relate to students by letting them know that I'm on their side. Um, I like to teach, uh, the way I like to teach is like having students talk to each other. So like I do minimal talking, I'm there to like guide them, but I'm not the one that's like handing them information. It's like, let's do a reading, read it real quick. Let's uh, discuss it and then talk to each other and let's do a little bit of writing. So that's what it always comes down to. Um, and I think a lot of students are fatigued, especially coming back from COVID. Uh, so my biggest thing has just been showing students that like, look, the work we put in here, it's for something, uh, especially teaching history, just like the main character does in this movie. Uh, there are students that come in with this mentality of like, who gives a shit? This was a long time ago. Why do I need to care about this? But I teach them like, well, in this class, we're also developing skills. How do we question things? How do we analyze things? How do we write about things? How do we create an argument? Uh, and those are just foundational skills that we should have in our everyday life. Um, do I feel inadequate? Oh, my God. You betcha I do. Uh, <laughs> but I just try to take it one day at a time. And uh, I love my job a lot. So right now, it's pretty easy to not feel incredibly fatigued. But sometimes I do. I definitely do. Well, it seems like you're um, doing a lot better than uh, Dan Dunn, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so Ryan Gosling, his main character, his name is Dan Dunn, and he is a high school teacher. 
um no wait i think it's high school or middle school i'm not sure i think they're 13 so maybe it's in middle school i'm not sure or maybe they're freshmen i'm not sure i um, think yeah I, I think they might be freshmen that's kind of the vibe i got yeah uh what are your thoughts in general about this movie i've never seen it personally was this your first time yeah, it was my first time. I always wanted to watch it, and it always looked very interesting and different, And but I just never got around to watching it. So that's why I figured, like, oh, we should start on this, or at least, like, explore this one, because it is very different. It's, like, one of his first kind of films, and it also got him his first Oscar nomination which is super crazy. Um, I did like some research, like they hardly pushed marketing on this movie. This movie had a budget of like $700,000, which is like pennies to movies nowadays. And yeah, somehow like this film just slipped through the cracks in the Academy and Ryan Gosling got a nomination. But yeah, this movie wasn't even like heavily marketed. It was such a low budget movie. Yeah, and apparently it only took them 23 days to shoot the whole thing, so they finished like well under their schedule. And uh, it won so many awards, or I don't actually, I'm not sure how many awards it won, but it was nominated for like 29 awards, including, like you said, Ryan Gosling for Best Actor. Um, and then when you first brought up this movie, I knew nothing about it, and that was the first thing you told me that he was nominated for this movie which is insane because i don't know shit about this movie i've never <laughs> heard of it before this um emilio do you have a synopsis ready for us yes so dan dunn played by ryan gosling is a history teacher at a brooklyn school though well liked by his students and colleagues he secretly spends his evenings hopping bars and getting high a female student named Dre, played by Sharika Epps, catches him in a drug-induced haze after a basketball game, and the two strike up an unlikely friendship. As Dan struggles with his addiction, he tries to act as a mentor to the girl whose brother is serving time for dealing drugs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before we hopped on, we were talking about how this movie made us incredibly uncomfortable um, just being adults. And then on top of that, me being a teacher, there was a lot of scenes where I was like, good fucking Lord, this is really bad. <laughs> I mean, it's like heavy stuff in this movie too. But yeah, some some things that, nothing like necessarily out, outright bad, but it's kind of like, yeah, you're getting, getting a little too close there, buddy. Like... <laughs> It, yeah. Um, so when we start off, um, this movie is, like you said, incredibly low budget. How did you stream it? How, what did you watch it on? Oh, I actually found it on YouTube. It was free with ads. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I almost but, rented uh, it, but I was like, nah, ads are fine. <laughs> the quality was incredible. It's so crazy because we live in an age where everything has a high definition fucking uh 1080 fucking HQ plus whatever the fuck remake. <laughs> and uh, this one is just in the same state as when it came out and it looks really shitty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's definitely, so this, it definitely looks like an independent film for sure. Yeah, that was my first bullet point that I wrote down. Actually, I put low budget 
with a whole bunch of exclamation <laughs> marks. Low budget oh. shit. <laughs> it is funny. Like when I was a kid, if I were to turn this on, I would have immediately been like, fuck this shit. Like I'm not watching this, but now I'm just like, who cares? Like, that doesn't matter. Um, I wanted to tell you that Ryan Gosling was 25 when he made this movie. How does Damn. that make you feel? I need to do more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes me trip the fuck out because I always see him as someone older than me and to see him younger than me makes me feel fucking weird. Yeah, he he doesn't even look younger than us. He looks older. He Well, I mean, that could be like, Obviously, he's drinking and on drugs and shit, but he definitely looks... Not Ryan Gosling, the character, but I assumed he was, like, fucking 30. But, I mean, we're getting pretty close to that, so... Yeah, Jesus. Um, So, yeah, we start off with the intro to Dan, and I keep forgetting how to say his last name because it's spelled D-U-N-N-E. Is it Dune or Dunn? I think it's Dunn. I think they say Dunn, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Dan Dunn, he's a history teacher. Uh, we cut to him waking up in the morning and he has a pretty chaotic life. He lives in Brooklyn and he teaches history. Uh, we see him introduce the concept of history to the to his students. And we see that his students are like attentive and they find him interesting, even though like one or two are asleep in the back. Um, and he kind of just rambles and lectures about why history matters. Um, what did you think of the performance of the different like school children in the movie? I thought it was um, pretty spot on. I mean, just from being in classrooms like that for a while, there's like all the kids, like some of our, some of them are paying attention. Some of them are into it. Some of them aren't. Some are falling asleep. I mean, I'm sure you see that almost every day. Just like a wide variety of attention spans. Yeah, for sure. I But something that struck me, and maybe that's just how education has changed, is like I can't imagine starting a class and not having a fucking projector or my laptop, and he just writes on the chalkboard and starts talking, oh. and, and the kids are all writing down in pen and paper, and I'm just like, damn, I have no idea if I'd be able to do that. <laughs> damn, so it's all different now? Like there's everyone uses laptops, iPads, all that? Everyone has a Chromebook. I like to do stuff on paper still, but everyone has a Chromebook. I have my Chromebook desktop and my personal laptop. But yeah, just no fucking projector in his room. That's fucking crazy to me. (laughs) (laughs) So we progress in the movie. Dan is also a basketball coach. And we see that he has a friendly relationship with a student named Dre. Uh, he likes to spend his extra time going to bars, hopping around and doing drugs. Uh, and he likes to do uh, cocaine. We see that at first. Is this the first movie we've seen Ryan Gosling do drugs? I don't think so, right? Hmm, That's actually a good question. I think so. I don't know why. I keep thinking about um, Place Beyond the Pines, but... I guess he didn't do drugs. No, in that one. actually, he didn't do drugs in that one. He just chain smoked cigarettes. <laughs> but yeah, so, this uh, is the first time you see him doing drugs. We uh, cut to Dan coaching a girls' basketball team, and uh, they're really bad. 
Um, and he has a person named Rachel that keeps trying to meet up with him that ends up going to the game. What did you think about the character Rachel when she's like initially introduced? Like, what did you think her character was like? How was she related to Dan? I figured that she was like his ex-girlfriend or like some friend that he maybe used to bar hop with. Um, Because initially there's a scene where he's getting ready to go out and she leaves him a voicemail and he listens to it again. And that I I felt like it caused something in him to go out to kind of like uh, escape that memory or that feeling, or maybe he was going out just in general, but that uh, voicemail definitely didn't help. And you can kind of tell that he's avoiding her or he's at, he's at least trying to avoid her a lot. And then once they have their, when they finally have their interaction, she does bring up that she got fat. And he says, no, like you look healthy. So that obviously alludes to, well, at least what I thought was that they used to do Coke together and go out and drink. And they're obviously a couple and you can tell that he does not look comfortable in that situation, (laughs) which causes him to start looking around the school Do you you want to walk us through this scene? Yeah, okay. So uh, he begins to walk around the school, and it looks like he's just making sure everything's kind of closed up. And then he goes into, I'm assuming, the girls' locker room? Yes, which is already the first time I was like, yikes, dude. Yeah, and he's like, hello, is anyone here? And once he realizes no one's there, there is a moment that you can tell like he's thinking like, fuck, I shouldn't be doing this. But we then cut to him in a bathroom stall smoking meth. <laughs> and actually, it was crack. Oh, it was crack. Oh, I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was crack. It was a little crack pipe. Yeah. His little pipa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So this is officially not only is this the first movie where Ryan Gosling does drugs, but he goes straight to fucking crack, dude. <laughs> Emilio, what would you do if one of your friends was smoking crack? How would you react to that? Because Ryan Gosling is our friend, so. Yeah. And you're like, hey, come on, champ. You can't be doing this. (laughs) This isn't you. Come on. Let's make another movie. Come on. Let's get out. Come on. Get out of the stall. Um, I I think I'd genuinely be in shock. Um, I, I really... I think I think I would just be in shock. I wouldn't know how to react. I'd ask them if they're okay. I'd, I'd probably ask them why. And I'm sure they'd be in a uh, cracked out haze. Um, but yeah, I think just genuine shock. I would I would genuinely be in shock if I caught somebody I knew smoking crack in a high school in a girl's locker room. (laughs) It's so bad, man. Like this movie is so like dark and unforgiving. Well, I guess like it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it is so cringy in like a very realistic way. I guess it's not like that. It's, it's a, a bad movie or anything. It's just the subject matter makes me wince so hard. It's just seeing someone fuck up this hard is very, 
uncomfortable to watch. Um, mm-hmm. So he gets, he ends up uh, smoking crack in the girls' uh, locker room, and then suddenly he hears footsteps. He's trying to hide, but then the person who is in there starts asking, "Is someone there?" And they open the stall door, and it's his player, his uh, his student, and one of the basketball players, Dre. Uh, Dre sees uh, Dan smoking crack, and he's immediately like embarrassed. You can see like the white of his skin. He turns all white in his face. Yeah. Um, what did you also think about Ryan Gosling's look in this, this movie? He kind of just looked like tired. Yeah. Tired and... Yeah, honestly, just tired. It looked like that dude hadn't had good sleep in a while. Um, he definitely doesn't dress himself very well. Yeah. Um, and somehow he still gets chicks out in the bars. It's fucking, it's fucking crazy to me. His riz um, meter is like off the charts. Yeah, I guess I need to hop on that uh, crack train. That's what, yeah, that's what makes him appealing. <laughs> it's doing something to him. Um, but yeah, he, like, dude, like the thing that really struck me was how terrified he looked. Like there is yeah. one point where he's staring at her and he looks away. And I feel like he's thinking like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening right now. And, but then... I it kind of reflects on how high he really is because then he starts asking her like oh are you because she asks him like oh sorry like sorry I didn't mean to interrupt and he says no I'm sorry and she asks him are you okay he's like yeah um are you okay and he begins to try to get up and he falls and you can tell he doesn't want to ask for her help but he's like can you help me up and he asks her to stay there with him I guess until he sobers up so that he can leave but yeah, that was very hard to watch because this is like one of the worst situations I think anyone can ever be in. <laughs> I can't imagine doing anything bad at work. Like I remember one time at work, I needed to get a, a printer paper for my printer in my uh, classroom. And they've told us like a thousand times, like, don't go to the copy machines and steal uh, white paper from there. Ask someone. But I was kind of in a pinch and I was like, whatever, I'll just do it. And I ended up getting caught by the person who runs the like office supply stuff. And I felt so fucking mortified when I got caught. (laughs) I can't imagine being caught smoking crack in the fucking school I work in. Like, I think I'd die instantaneously. Like, that's so (laughs) bad. So we uh, cut from this scene. Dan ends up giving Dre a ride home. And uh, we cut to like Dre's life at home. We see that she has a mother that's really busy who works as an EMT. And she also has a father that's absent. And also on top of that, she I think at this point they allude that she has a brother who's in jail for some reason. But we're not sure just yet. Um, so we cut to the next day. Uh, Dan is visibly like nervous waiting for Dre to show up, but she doesn't show up that day. Um, And he's also teaching the students about the civil rights movement. Um, Also at this scene, we see that the principal shows up. Uh, Emilio, do you want to walk us through this interaction he has with the principal? Oh, that, uh, yeah. So she, 
pulls him to the side because I guess she sees that the way he's teaching isn't um I guess how would how would teachers describe it like on like a program or on schedule like not following the the set curriculum yeah so he's obviously not following the set curriculum and you can kind of see how terrified he becomes he thinks that um that he's been outed and like he's potentially going to get fired and but she tells him that uh that she's been checking in on on the classroom and that he's not on schedule and to get to the civil to get to the end of the civil rights movement i think within a week yeah or to start it i forgot what which one i think yeah i think i believe it was to start it and he's caught chewing gum and the principal asks him is that gum that you're chewing and he spits it out um that is like, how do you feel? I didn't want to ask that. How do you feel like as a teacher? Um, like, do you think that obviously he is kind of putting his own spin on teaching them? And then later on, he does bring it up. He actually brings it up several times that he doesn't want to go with like the, the structure that they have there. And he thinks that he can reach them. Um, I guess through his own means, like what do what do you think about that as an educator? Uh, I think that's fair. I think that in education, it's like walking a goddamn tightrope. Like you need to make sure that you're making it, making the lessons personable, or putting like your own style to it. But also, you shouldn't just do whatever the fuck you want to. Um, I think that it helps when you are following some type of system, but if you include stuff that's your own, that's more like fun or whatever, that's totally fine. I think that he's kind of winging it and he's kind of a shitty teacher. I think that <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like he's really fun. Like the stuff he talked about is cool, but when you're just in front of students, just talking like that constantly, that's fucking boring. And I would like to see how he would fare in the current climate of education of like students who have fucking cell phones who, as soon as they get bored, just pull out their phone. Um, I'd be really interested <laughs> to see that. You see, you see, that's your problem right there. TikTok. And he just goes on a rant about TikTok and he's hungover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your dude, fucking problem. <laughs> um, so we cut from the scene to Dre meeting up with Frank. Excuse me. Do you want to walk us through the meeting with Dre and Frank? Yeah. So Dre is riding her bike in the neighborhood and then she runs into Frank, who's played by Anthony Mackie, who is pretty much the person in charge of drug distribution in their area. And um, it is found out through their conversation that uh, a uh, Dre's sister is our Dre's sorry, brother. brother. Dre's brother is in jail because he worked for Frank. And so he, Frank begins to ask Dre, how's your family? How do you see your dad? How's your mom? Do you visit your brother? And you can kind of see he's trying to form some type of relationship with Dre. He asks her, Oh, do you want to like, do you want to come in? He offers her uh, juice. So then 
they have that interaction inside the house. He says, oh, I'm trying to take care of your brother. You know, like he was a good friend. So don't think that I'm not trying to take care of you guys. And that's the first interaction where we realize that Frank does play a big role in Dre's life. Yeah. Um, I think Anthony Mackie does such a good job in this movie. He's um, like someone who's intimidating, but he's not overreaching with his intimidation. Like he knows where to stop, when to stop being a jerk or when to when to like what to do in a certain situation. Um, also, he keeps asking people if they want candy. And I know when he asked that <laughs> to certain people, he's talking about drugs, but he also asked that question to Dre. Um, and he gives her actual candy. Like, what do you think that's about? Is that supposed to allude to something? Like, is he trying to get Dre hooked on drugs too? Or what was that about? I think um, like from how his character seems, like he's just, he just tries to be like a, I can't think of the word, not like a people person, but he's trying to come off as like, Hey, like, come on, like, I'm cool. Like here, like, here's like a, like a little treat. Like, come on, like, let's talk like he, that he wants to talk to people and he wants to like lure people in. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Like comes off as someone who lures people in trying to be charismatic. Like, Hey, here's a candy. Like it's, it's a gimmick. Like obviously you're not supposed to take candy from somebody, but like, come on, like, I'm cool. Like we're cool, dude. Like here, here's a fucking snicker. (laughs) <laughs> i want to do that to, to come on i'm fucking cool man T- take this milky way that's what i'm gonna do in front of your high school <laughs> hey come on you know you know mr here have a fucking peppermint chill out dude uh, i'm gonna need to edit this out because you said my last name <laughs> oh that's right yeah it's okay um okay so there are a lot of like slice of life scenes that cut in between like actual like important story points uh from this scene we cut to dan in his classroom and he catches a student cheating and he tells him to go to the corner and like he has a second chance that he doesn't get second chances in life so take it and then we cut from here to dre in prison visiting her brother um her brother did you catch her brother's name by any chance um Shit, I didn't actually. Uh, I'm actually looking that up right now. Let me see. Uh, well, anyways, like uh, she's visiting her brother, and her brother seems kind of like happy go lucky of like, don't worry, I'll be out of here in no time. But he also uh gives the the uh, details that he's in prison because he took the fall for Frank, and so Frank now is paying Dre's mom money like each month or each week or something so that he can help out but all but in actuality it's because um dre's brother took the fall for him um what did you think of this performance from this actor playing dre's brother you know i um it was good i actually liked it he kind of comes off as like um a character that obviously is concerned about his sister and his mother and like that that's apparent right off the bat he comes off as like somebody who knows that he's done something pretty terrible, but he doesn't want to have that reflected when he's seeing his uh, younger sister. But I think it also shows just how, um, I guess, controlling Frank can be because he does take the fallen because he did like he is in 
jail or prison and um he's kind of not really phased by it like even uh dre brings up why why didn't you, why don't you say something and he says well because because it'll make things more complicated and so he's obviously uh somebody who is willing to obviously take the fall for frank which i think is crazy and it does reflect a lot on like the type of person that frank is yeah he's a he's kind of a huge piece of shit because um, <laughs> from this scene a uh, couple scenes after this we see that dre's hanging out with frank and uh dre's kind of or sorry frank is kind of flaunting his money around buying dre like a milkshake buying her a burger and then asking her about work like have you ever considered getting a job and then um, when he asks this, it's like uh, he's being coy about it. Like he's kind of asking, testing her, like, would you be willing to sell drugs for me like your mm-hmm. brother did? Yeah. Uh, so for a character to um, have no problem sending someone off to jail and then getting their sibling involved for the same thing, like that's a huge piece of shit in my book. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, um, at least for me, kind of shows how like how that um personality he has really isn't coming from like a good place like he like he he wants to take advantage of people and he wants to like use them for his own means i mean yeah like like you said that he actively he knows that his that her brother's in jail or prison because of him and um he doesn't make an effort at first to talk to Dre, but once Dre does make an effort to talk to him, he's like, okay, like I can, now I have someone else now that can fill in that gap where her brother, obviously I'm losing business and I'm losing money. So maybe she can fill in that gap. So you, so you kind of get the sense of that. He doesn't really, or at least like if you're really looking into it, you can tell that he doesn't really care about Dre and he really doesn't, care about the people who kind of work for him he just uses people in this movie we see so many like instances where dan is just getting like we can see why i guess like relate to him i guess why he's a drug addict like he gets the shit end of so much things um so in the next scene we see that dan's ex-girlfriend is now engaged She's in some type of like college program. She's doing well for herself. And Dan is kind of just like, oh, well, you know, good for you. That's nice. But he immediately goes on a fucking bender and starts buying like crack and coke <laughs> and shit. Um, so, yeah, he just doesn't deal with shit very well. He's not good at coping, as we learned for the movie. Yeah. Um, we have a next scene where they're at another game and Dan uh, gets a little too upset. Uh, do you want to walk us through the scene, Emilio? Uh, yeah. So in this uh, scene, uh, Frank is shows up at the game. Dre invites Frank to the basketball game, and he shows up, and he's you know cheering, rooting, saying like, "Oh, what the fuck? What kind of play was that?" And uh, Dan sees this, and he's getting more and more visibly upset. And at one point, one of the other players on the team fouls one of his players. And Dan gets up and he says, are you going to call that foul? Like, that's bullshit. You're not going to call that foul. And the ref gets mad and says, you're out of off the game. You're out of here. And Dan grabs a basketball and hurls it at the referee. 
He's such an idiot, dude. <laughs> There's this constant like back and forth of like me feeling I feel bad for Dan. And then immediately after it's like, God, he's such a fucking idiot. <laughs> Honestly, I would have loved to see that in high school. Just like a teacher get mad at somebody and just fucking throw a basketball at them or something. Yeah, and he also curses in front of his students, which that felt so crazy. Like, I can remember a handful of times where my teachers have cursed in front of me, and it was this big thing of like, oh my God, what the fuck? That's crazy. And he just curses in front of him, lets it rip, and he does not give a shit. It's so wild. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I don't really... I I think I've heard my teachers cuss in high school maybe like a handful of times. And it's always when they're fu- like when they're really fucking mad, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you could tell like they're really having it. And I, I think it was a I forget which teacher specifically, but they they're just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And everyone's like, "Just <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> dead quiet." And then they start going, "Oh come on, like we're all adults here, like or not we're all adults, but come on, you guys are older, like." Like I, I know you guys say this this shit outside, like in the real world. <laughs> yeah, they're having a really bad day. <laughs> I will say, my students now, it feels like I don't know if it's because I'm like a young teacher, but they have trouble keeping a filter on, man. Like they curse like crazy, and I also tell them like, hey, like I get it in the real world when when you're with your friends or whatever, you curse, but like here, like relax, holy shit. Anyways, there, w- there was something that I did want to ask you about so in the next scene or well it's still in the same scene um dan asks dre if uh, she needs a ride home because uh her father is absent and he hasn't been picking her up from school mm-hmm. and she says yes yeah. so they're driving home or he's driving her home and he begins to ask her about frank how he knows him why is that like why is that guy there obviously it is alluding to the fact that uh dan knows him and knows of yeah. him. And right. he obviously doesn't want Dre around him. But what do you think about a teacher giving their student a ride home? Okay, I'm glad you brought this up. Because as soon as I saw this, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> I personally, if I had a situation like this, I would stay with the student on campus. And just stay there and fucking wait until someone showed up to pick them up. Like, I don't care if it takes until fucking 11 at night. I'm not going to be alone with a student under any circumstance. Like, even now, um, I'll have students come visit me during lunch. And what's told, what I always do is I keep the door open. I never stay in a place with a student alone. Like, that's not cool. Don't fucking do that, you know? So him giving a student a ride home that really just that act alone shocked me so much like that's fucking crazy to me um but then the next scene they take it up a notch because he gives her another ride home after school and she's locked out and dre is locked out of her house uh we see that frank pulls up and starts talking to dre and in order to like protect dre dan decides to take her back to her to his apartment uh, what yeah, did you think about this wild. scene, Emilio? That's fucking crazy. I would have been like, oh, like we can, um, oh, well, in the meantime, we can uh, grab a bite to eat or let's go back to the school or something. But I don't think I would ever let 
a student into my house. It's so bad. Yeah, it's you like obviously it's coming from a place of endearment. I think like they did have a moment where um he feels connected to her because she saw him at like a super low point. Yeah. But also yeah, you just can't do that shit, dude. <laughs> you, there's yeah. there's this, there's like a fine line and Dan really tends to cross it. And maybe in his head he thinks like, "Oh, like this is fine. Like this is cool because I'm looking out for this person. Like I'm trying to protect them from this drug dealer." But also he is a teacher. And he is an educator. And I think that that he really, there's moments where he really puts that on the back burner to be more of like a, a personable person to somebody. But yeah, there's, there's just so many things that like, like for all we know, he could have left a crack pipe out or there can be like cocaine residue on the table. And yeah. he's just like, yeah, like, come, like come hang out. Like we'll get some Chinese and, and we'll fucking hang out and, oh, shit, let me wipe this uh, white powder off my table real quick. <laughs> uh, mister, why is that straw so short? Ah, it's broken. So bad. Yeah. It's also like, um, so in this scene, um, he is making dinner because he's going to have a date with a other teacher. And so we see that Dre is helping him make dinner. She's like helping him make pasta sauce. And she asks Dan, what is it like when you smoke crack? And immediately, Dan just turns like flush white. He gets flushed and turns white. Um, And you can see that he's incredibly embarrassed. And he's dealing with this problem of like, how am I supposed to be an example for these students when I have this huge fucking problem? Mm -hmm. And now it came straight to his face. Now it's here, present. And he kind of just waves it off of like, you know, let's not talk about this. And he waves it off and then uh, that's it. Speaking of problematic parts, we cut to Dan on a date with this teacher and he proceeds to do a really bad Indian accent when he's telling a story (laughs) about a cab driver. What did you think about this scene, Emilio? You know, I thought it was uh, hilarious. I feel like comedy is really (laughs) getting... (laughs) Um, You know, I think it kind of reflects like the the time yeah that this movie was around obviously everybody was joking around like that um it was kind of wild to hear i haven't heard a joke like that in a while yeah and i mean obviously he is telling a story but i can't even remember the last time i told the story about someone of another ethnicity or race and did it with an accent. I actually really can't remember last time I did that. Really bad. Yeah. Um, It was kind of funny though, that the cab driver was uh, thinking that cement is a semen. (laughs) That was kind of a funny bit. I'll give him that, but that's about (laughs) it. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it does kind of reflect like uh, the time in which like what, what humor could be back then. I mean, this came out like what, 2005, 2006. 2006. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and then they proceed to have a pretty long, stretched out uh, sex scene. Yeah, and let me let me just say this: Dan's putting in work. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, this crackhead has a lot of stamina. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I think all of them do for the most part, <laughs> <laughs> but him especially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he actually. Well, speaking of before that, he has sex with his teacher. He does like a line of coke in the fucking restroom. Like, yeah, you're right. Um. It just shows like drugs are just such a big part of him that he needs it even to be intimate, to go to work for this, that, yeah. and the other. It's like he is a full blown addict, man. Like it's it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, um there's a there's like a, another scene prior, like well, actually a, a handful where he's about to go out and he does like a few lines of coke and then he'll go out and then he'll do coke uh when he's out at these bars. Uh, this one was pretty prevalent though, because he's with a colleague, a work colleague, and they're just yeah. having dinner. And he's like, "Fuck, you know, would hit right now a big old rail of cocaine." With <laughs> you this know, what good. You know what white stuff would go good with this pasta? Not parmesan. <laughs> a big old bump of coke. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's. I want to skip around a little bit just so we can. Uh, try to keep this under an hour probably won't mm. happen but i want to go next to the scene of the uh, school dance so we are <laughs> we see that dan is at a school dance he's chaperoning and uh everyone's there all the teachers all the students they're all having a good time um i really like the students in this movie like us uh, another thing i've brought up in previous episodes is that i think child actors can be kind of bad which is not necessarily their fault but everyone in this movie, especially the child actors, are so good. Like, I totally believe that they're high school students. Yeah. Um, so we see that Dan is like uh, locks eyes with uh, Dre and they're having like a friendly like hello. And then he walks over and starts dancing very like uh, innocent. And it's funny, like, oh, the teacher dancing with a student. And then immediately it takes a huge fucking turn. Uh, Dan starts to like grind on Dre and it is so fucking uncomfortable to watch this scene like he gets way too fucking close to her yeah um, dre pulls away she leaves dan decides to go out into the outside of the school and i think he does a bump of coke and he smokes a cigarette and then um <laughs> dre's dude this guy's always doing fucking coke it's so that's my, bad that's my kind of high school dance right there <laughs> <laughs> and um dre's leaving uh, Dan tries to talk to her, but it turns out that Dre is getting picked up by Frank. Dan sees this and immediately he, he tries to stop it, but to no avail. Dre just wants to get away from him and decides to leave. I want to cut to when Dan confronts uh, Frank at his house. Do you want to walk us through this scene, Emilio? Yeah. So essentially, Dan shows up to Frank's place. Uh, you know, I don't think he's on anything at this point. He seems like kind of actually, damn, I don't know. Like he, he kind of like shit. Yeah, he definitely looks like shit. So maybe he is uh, hungover or high, but he's basically telling Frank to stay away from Dre. And Frank, even though this guy is a fucking asshole and a piece of shit, he does bring up um, like, 
why, how am I worse than you? Like you're a teacher and you buy Coke and you smoke crack. Like what type of model citizen are you? Like, I think that was a pretty prevalent part where like you can really see the, the guilt and the, um, the self-conflict that Dan has because he tells him like, look at you, Mr. A1 model citizen. Like what gives you the right, what makes you think you're better than me? And he like, he yells out, I don't know. And yeah, that's definitely a point, at least for me, where I really uh, saw that reflection of the character of like, I don't like, I don't know how to protect this person. Like I, like I don't know who I am to tell you to stay away from them but you can tell that he is trying to do what's best by Dre. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you can see that, that internal conflict of like, I don't know how to do this and I don't know what I'm doing. And the crazy thing is, is that he goes over there and he has this big conversation with Frank and then Frank can see that he looks like shit. Yeah, Frank can see that he's tired, and he says, "You know, what, man, do you want a drink?" And uh, <laughs> and then Dan is like, "What?" He's like, "You want a drink? Like, come on, like, come in, have a drink." And he proceeds to give him a beer. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, we find out that Dan just went on a drinking bender. <laughs> he went on a drinking bender and possibly did drugs too, because he also offers him quote unquote candy. Yeah. And he ends up at this teacher's house, the one he was on a date with earlier. Uh, do you want to walk us through the scene, Emilio? Yeah. So he what's crazier too about this this scene, and, and like you actually don't see this a lot in movies, is they show him driving. So Oh yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, dude. I haven't That's seen I've never seen in a film or TV. Well, maybe like in the instances where like that's the subject matter of it, but I've never seen them really show show someone actively drunk while driving. And yeah, yeah you can see he's like speeding to um, this person's house and he shows up. Um, she mentions like, oh, it's late. He doesn't even know what time it is because she tells him it's 2.30 in the morning. And they have work the next morning too, so yeah. it's a fucking school day. Yeah, she mentions that they have class the next morning, and Dan proceeds to try to sleep with her, and it's pretty he tried, bad. He forces himself on yeah. her. Yeah, he forces himself on her, and she socks him in the face, gets away from him, runs to her room, and Dan is in a drunken daze. And obviously, he's beginning to sober up a little bit because of that hit initially. And he's think he's he says something along the lines of like, "What the fuck am I doing? Like, what the fuck was that?" Um, there is a moment where he knows that he fucks up because he says, "Like tomorrow, like do whatever you got to do." Like he he initially knows that he's gonna get reported. He seems like somebody who just like is very self destructive. Yeah. And he kind of knows totally. he's self-destructive. Yeah. And but then he also like is aware of the consequences of them. Yeah. And he kind of doesn't really care. 
Yeah, I think this movie is kind of ahead of its time. It kind of reminds me of shows like Shameless, where just the characters don't give a fuck how awful they're being. And um, Dan definitely is like that. Um, he also says something like after he gets punched, like, well, that was weird to try yeah. to like initiate an apology, but he just comes off like a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, then we cut to the next morning. Dan's like a, falling asleep in class and we see that he ends up taking like he has his lunch in his uh, at his uh, in his car. Uh, Dre walks up to his car and Dre is trying to talk to him. But Dan is like pissed off about the whole the whole situation in his whole life. And he tells her something to the effect of like, have you noticed that no other students come up and try to talk to me like I'm not your friend. I'm your teacher. And then <laughs> Dre gets pissed off and retorts. Then go ahead and be alone, asshole. And I thought like, yeah, that was well-deserved. Then fucking Dan leans out the car and says, bitch, that shit (laughs) fucking, oh my God, I fucking hate this person so much. He's such a dipshit. (laughs) What'd you think about that scene, Emilio? That was, uh, yeah, that was kind of unexpected. And like the way he says it too, like very nonchalant, he's like, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Such a jerk. He's... I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he's in a pretty fucking dark place and he is hungover. But yeah, just like how he kind of lets it loose. Like yeah. his character is fucking crazy. And even like the scene after this, like he's getting coffee and like if they've already had all these interactions throughout the day, it's probably like the mid fucking day. Like it's probably like the end of the school day and he's just drowning himself in coffee and one of uh, his colleagues is telling him, like, you know, like, hey, man, like, are you good? Like, we all are here for you. And, and we well, we're like, we're here to support you. And he just completely fucking ignores them. I think it's very common for jobs to fire people at the end of a shift. But for Dan, they should have just fucking fired him like the morning he showed up. So you're very true. Like, it's very true. Like, it's at the end of the day where. He gets called into the principal's office. They never say the words, you're fired, but we just assume that's what happened. I think it's also irresponsible of the school to have this guy on campus the whole fucking day. They should have just fired him on the spot. Um, So from this scene, we cut to Dan going back home to visit his parents. Um, And this is cut in between shots of Dre with Frank doing her first like drug, uh, drug deals. And then Dan back at home and we see that Dan is obviously like a black sheep of the family and that his dad is also like kind of an addict, but with alcohol, Mm -hmm. um, Dan ends up leaving. And then we have our like climax of the movie, our final part, our final cringy part. Do you want to uh, walk us through it, Emilio? Yeah. So Dan, uh, begins to obviously get really uncomfortable around his family And so he leaves and he leaves to what I'm assuming is like a type of like motel or hotel setup where people go to have sex with prostitutes and do drugs. And yeah, I think it's just a regular motel. Oh, it might just be a regular motel. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm just saying that all motels are like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Yeah. Could be a motel six for all we know. Um, (laughs) But um. The, in line with this, Dre is doing her first uh, drug sale. So she walks into the room, but we're actually unaware that Dan is there. 
She walks in, you see people, they're doing drugs and there's people in lingerie. There's, there's people that are naked and she's kind of just navigating through this room. And in one room, we see Dan come out and they both kind of look at each other for a while. They don't really say anything to each other. And Dan kind of just looks at her and he hands her money for the drugs and Dre gives it to him. And then they just both walk away or she walks away. Have you ever encountered a teacher after you graduated? Yeah. At uh, my job, at my other job where I serve alcohol and I served and alcohol to you, a few teachers. <laughs> <laughs> did you find that like awkward at all? Um, Not at first. But they definitely had a few rounds, and that's where I was kind of like, oh, damn, these people can drink. <laughs> can you imagine selling those same teachers crack? Hey, you know, if they want it, and I got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, supply and demand. <laughs> <laughs> that's trickle-down economics, baby. <laughs> um, so, um, no, but yeah, that it. was pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> But um, after that scene, we do see that Dre um, ends things with Frank as far as being friends. She tells me he doesn't want to be his friend. She doesn't want to work with him anymore. And do you want to walk through the next scene after that? Yeah, so we see that Dre is like back at school they replaced Mr. Dunn with a new teacher and the kids are like upset about it. Um, and then like you said, Dre decides not to hang out with Frank anymore. So Dre <laughs> decides to go back to this hotel. I can't believe that. Like I'd feel so bad for Dre. She's just a 13 year old child and she has to do, she's more of an adult than Dan. Like he's such a fucking asshole. <laughs> so she goes <laughs> back to the hotel, uh, like knocks on the door, checks on, on Dan and he's still, he's fine. He's just coming off a bender, and she like gets him back to his uh, apartment. And at the apartment, Dan decides to shave. He starts to drink water, which is like the first I think the first time we see him drink water since he was high on crack when Dre <laughs> served it to him in the fucking girls' <laughs> locker room. And then um, the movie just kind of ends there. Just a little ending of like Dan will hopefully get his shit together and Dre helped him get to the other side. What did you think about this ending? You know, I think it um, it kind of ends, uh, how do you say it, appropriately because this is dealing with like a lot of real world problems and it I believe it tries to come off as very genuine and there is a point where, especially like with like how their relationship is there, there's a, it's a student and a teacher. So obviously, I mean, they're not like the same age. They don't have the same mindsets and it's kind of like a fork in the road, but they've both been through something pretty traumatic and they've both seen each other at their lowest, I want to say. And it's kind of up to them if they want to change. There is something that I did want to point out and bring up. And that movie, this movie really flips the white uh, savior narrative 
over because Dan is not the savior in this movie. He's the fuck up of this movie. He's out here doing drugs and sleeping with women and going on benders. And it takes his student Dre to kind of pull him out of it and like wake him up Mm -hmm. and realize that like he shouldn't be doing this. And I think that's, the ending is kind of important because it shows that she's helping him even though she shouldn't be. Obviously, he should be the one that's helping her. And it's very true, yeah. Yeah. And also um <clears throat> so common that the white savior like uh motif is always in a movie about a white teacher helping out black students. So that's an even other like layer on top of it that makes it more ironic. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think it it kind of lets the characters decide what they want to do instead of letting the audience know what happens. And I, I think that he might've cleaned himself up definitely after that. What do you think? I fucking hope so, man. I think it's the least he can do. (laughs) (laughs) He's so fucking, I really found myself not liking this person. Um, even though at first I was like rooting for him, but he just does, he just ended up doing too much shit. That's like inexcusable, but yeah, actually, yeah, I th- I th- sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, I was, I was going to agree with you. It is kind of hard to like him. It's hard to like Ryan Gosling in this movie because he's just so self-destructive and just does everything you're not supposed to do. I do want to point out that this movie like when I think about shows and movies where we have characters that are incredibly unlikable, that this movie is kind of ahead of the curve because major shows like Breaking Bad, Mad Men and Shameless haven't come out yet at this point. So this movie was really flown under the radar, but it hit that shit really good because now mm-hmm. that's all you find on TV. Just these these um characters that are incredibly unlikable, but are just so complex that you end up liking them because like you find the reason why they're so shitty yeah but um yeah i think that brings us to the end of this episode so emilio i want to ask you can you give us a final summary of your uh, feelings about the movie and then give us a rating from one to five um you know i found it very um grounded very raw in the sense of like putting you through uh, these moments where you're watching this character really hit some low points in their life. And also with uh, not only Dan, but Dre's as well, even though they're not as hard hitting as Dan's, like this is someone who's just started high school and they could initially start falling in the footsteps of the brother and, and drug dealing and ending up in jail or prison. And, but it takes this, this person to say like, this is wrong. I don't want to do it. And she tries to reflect that in Dan. Um, it's like, this can happen to anybody and this can be happening to anybody. And I think that's something uh, special in like film that you don't really see a lot. No one really wants to see stuff like this. Um, all the performances are great, especially Dre. 
the actress who plays Trey's it was a very good performance. I mean, it's there's a lot of cringy stuff that happens for sure. There's a lot yeah. of inappropriate stuff that happens for sure. But it's a very real movie. I'll give it a five out of five. Nice. What about you? Yeah, I'm a big supporter of uh, of uh, independent movies. Um, and I really found myself liking this one a lot. Like you said, it is a hard watch. Um, I end up disliking Dan a lot. I think that all the actors are really, really good. And that for the budget it had and how fast they shot this, it is a fucking achievement for sure. Um, Would I watch this again? I think I would if someone really wanted to, but I'd be like, fuck, all right, fine. Because <laughs> it's just kind of hard. It's just so cringy, especially like um, just being an adult in, gen- in general, but being someone in education watching this, it's just like, holy shit, this is infuriating. Like yeah. uh, me, me and Gato are watching um, Grey's Anatomy right now. We're rewatching it. And uh, every time they do chest compressions on someone, she's always like, this is so fun. Oh, my fucking God. They suck at this. This is so annoying. And I didn't get it. And then I watched this movie and I was like, holy fuck, this person fucking sucks at their job. (laughs) I hate this. Would you watch this movie with uh, Caro? Oh, hell yeah. Actually, we did. We watched it together. Oh, really? And she she also her synopsis was like, I hate movies like this where the character is incredibly unlikable, but it was pretty good. (laughs) And does uh, uh, does she think that Ryan Gosling plays the same person? (laughs) <laughs> uh i didn't ask her that but i think we were reflecting on like hey we saw him do drugs that's new <laughs> damn we saw him putting in that work that's new too we saw him getting butt naked or whatever they say when people smoke crack i don't know what they say <laughs> uh anyway i'm gonna give this a five out of five <laughs> all right all right, so in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling movies, S being at the very top, all the way down to F, where are you going to place this? Definitely an S performance, for sure. You definitely don't see Ryan Gosling in this movie. You definitely see someone who is struggling through life and is tired and sleep-deprived and is riddled with fucking... Uh, terrible drug habits and anxiety um yeah i definitely missed your performance from him yes i'm also gonna put this at an s i do want to point out that uh when ryan gosling got nominated for this movie he was going up against leonardo dicaprio for blood diamond he was going up against forrest whitaker for the last king of scotland and he also went up against will smith for the pursuit of happiness oh shit do I think he should have won compared to those movies? I don't think so. I I don't remember who won. I'm going to assume it's Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland because that movie kicks ass. Um, but it is a fucking great performance that he gives. Um, I'm going to rank this an S as well. I think that uh, Ryan Gosling fucking does such a good job. He is not playing his typical self being likable he's playing a huge asshole (laughs) and um he's playing a very complex character that's very ahead of its time so yeah definitely an s all right last thing 
are we literally him? Do you literally see yourself as Dan? You know, let me just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Have I thought about smoking crack? Sometimes. (laughs) Have I gone on uh, Coke and Deuce Benders bar hopping? Maybe. Mm. (laughs) Uh, uh, I kind of don't, actually. I really don't. Um, Maybe in the sense of like how he wants to be a good teacher. And you can definitely tell that in his performance, like how, why not his performance, but how he talks about teaching. Uh, He's definitely passionate about it, but obviously we can't see that because most of the time he's fucking really tired or hungover. Um, Would I help out my student if I saw them involved with people that I thought they shouldn't be? Yeah, definitely. Um, if I were a teacher, would I want to um, connect with my students and get them to enjoy what they're learning? Yeah, definitely. But besides anything else, no, not really. Not at all. Yeah. Um, I resonated with the fact that he is a teacher, but that was about it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Because I personally feel like he uses the students as a way to, like, excuse his shitty behavior. Like, oh, I'm just trying to stay afloat because these kids ground me. But it's like, you shouldn't use this as your only thing in life that's keeping you going. Like, I love my job, but, dude, it's not the only thing I love. Like, if -hmm. it was, I'd be in serious fucking trouble. Like, I have a life outside of it. And I care about my kids a lot, but... That being said, like there needs to be healthy boundaries. Like I have shit, I have other other shit to do. Mm-hmm. They're not the only thing in my life going well. Yeah. So, um, and also he's a fucking creep. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's a really bad person. So he makes really dumb decisions. So I do not literally see myself as Dan. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well. That brings us to the end of our episode. I want to thank you all if you made it this far. Um, you should give us a rating. You should rate this episode. Emilio, what should they rate us? Um, you know, you can rate it however you want. If if it helps, if you want to give us five stars, and if I admit right now that I've gone on cocaine benders, then yes, I have. Please give us five stars. But if that's not going to help, then no, I haven't. Yeah. You choose. It's like a storybook. You get to choose the ending. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just like this movie, actually. You get to choose Yeah, there this you ending. go. <laughs> I'll, I'll do one tonight. Shit, if you give us five stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.